A life really lived is the stuff valuable content is made of. Incredible life experience, fresh perspective. I'll ask the question. <laughs> I'm not talking about institutionalization, segmented subjects. I didn't know how much geography influenced history until you started mm. looking at the geography and realizing what a big deal it is. She really goes into some of the public school setup has failed our children. So this is how all of the great thinkers have always learned. We're talking Isaac Newton, Thomas Jefferson, all of these great thinkers learned in the Socratic method. We are teaching our children um, how to teach themselves. I don't want sheep. I don't want children that are in school following whatever the government is feeding them. We're walking away and she goes, I just think it's so great that black people don't hate white people for all the horrible things they did to them. And I was like, wow. I know, like, because we had been talking about racism and apartheid. Right. And don't tell me that you can't do it because you're not smart enough because you are, you are enough for your child. I will look at my life and say, I wish I would have been with my kids more. There are days, I'm telling you, I just like lay in my bed, like why can't I just put them on the bus right now? Incredible life experience, fresh perspective. I'll ask the questions. Ladies and gentlemen, the show starts in three two one go welcome to i'll ask the questions i'm your host tina merriman this is a show for people who love a variety of topics and believe that we can kind of expand our minds to the perspective of other people i want you to be ready for great content massive value and the truth because why make up when the truth is far too interesting. My guest tonight is Nicole Weaver. Nicole is actually a support rep for Classical Conversions, which is a homeschool community organization, but she has also spent the last 13 of her 15 year career as a nurse working in the ICU of an Eastern North Carolina hospital. It's just, what a great time to have Nicole on because both of those things are so relevant right now. You are one of these, um, everyday heroes. Now, Nicole's also married. She's 38, I mean, 29, with three <laughs> children. She is currently homeschooling all three of her children and plans to until they graduate from high school. On today's show, we're going to be getting some of her incredible personal knowledge through experience and expertise about homeschooling versus what, at least in my area, we call distance learning. Many of us are doing that right now, including yours truly. And I haven't put a hole through my head yet, so that's pretty good. But we want to know some stuff tonight about, you know, what's the difference between distance learning and homeschooling because they are not the same. Who can really homeschool their kids and who probably shouldn't, if that's the case or not. Um, how that would you do that, homeschool your kids, if you are um, a working parent, a single parent, um, maybe a parent with somebody who's deployed, and then also maybe some of the social aspects of it. You know, that comes up a lot where, uh, you know, well, how are my kids going to get a social education, which is just as important to some people. So I hope you're excited to answer some of those because I have a lot of questions and I'll ask the questions. <laughs> Cheers to you. Thank you. And thank you for being here today. So let's kind of start with the homeschool situation. Situation. Um, how old are your kiddos? You have three of them. And how long have you been homeschooling them? 
So Riley turns 11 on June 2nd. Jonah just turned nine and Everett turns two on June 4th. My kids have actually never um, gone to school. Okay. Riley went, they both went to preschool mostly because I didn't know what I was going to do. And it wasn't until Riley was going to start kindergarten that I really decided we're going to try this homeschooling thing. I'm going to take it a year at a time. That's kind of how we got started. The more I got into it and realized that kindergarten is like math and I could get it done in 40 minutes a day and the rest of the day we could play and go to the park and see friends and lay around the house or bake or whatever. Mm -hmm. It just, it just got really appealing. So my kids actually have never gone to school and right now they don't really, they don't really want to. Um, they're, they're just, they're not interested in getting up early. <laughs> it's basically what it boils down to. <laughs> so they That's said funny. we had a foster placement briefly and she had to get up and get on the bus wow. at 6.45 in the morning. And so they were like, we don't want to get up that early. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Also, <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So you had a public school child living with you for a while and they got to see that. It was she um, was on the spectrum and she had to go in special ed classes and um, they had an autistic class for her. She was one of six in a class. Okay. Um, so she's with us for maybe six months um, and then she needed a higher level of care. And so after that, we just decided that foster care maybe wasn't for us. And it was probably mm -hmm. because we had kind of a rough experience the first time out the game. Yeah. I don't discourage people from doing it. It just wasn't a right time for us. And we ended up having everything that worked out fine. So I have three public school children at home. Now, one of them is special needs. The other two are mainstream. And that's just because of the distance learning. They're public school yeah. kids. I'm not planning any lessons, Nicole. And thankfully, right now, for me, they're all at a level where you know, I just, I do have to sit there and walk them through it and have probably kind of messed up with the teachers have been working on common core versus just stack the numbers, <laughs> yeah. but trying to relearn the way the curriculum has changed and all that. But yeah, basically what I'm saying is the first week was a show and now we've got it worked out. I know how long it's going to take and it's easy because everything's do this, do this, do this. But I think that's really relevant right now because during this pandemic, pretty much half the country or more is doing this. So how would you describe, and I'm sure it could take an hour if we really went into it, homeschooling compared to distance learning? To me, the distance learning, the administrator is the principal and the, the teacher, and they come up with all the lesson plans and they tell you what to do and they give your kids the worksheets and they, um, they do the actual lesson or they tell you kind of what to give them to do. Like they arrange the lesson. For me, I'm the administrator. Our school is called Dogwood Classical School and it's registered with the state. Um, yeah, so the difference there is like, A, I get to pick all of my curriculum. I pick what we're gonna do. I decide what our stance on sciences. We are, um, we are mm. creationists, we are not, um, we don't believe in big bang theory or anything like that. So I get to decide like what everything stems from. And for us, everything stems from, from comes from God and everything points back to God. And so um, I feel like the distance learning is basically, I think the difference is the two admit administrators. Some of the people are struggling with the distance learning because they don't, they don't want to do the work the teacher is sending. And I just try to encourage them. Like, I don't know how you do this. I don't know how you homeschool. I was like, because we do fun stuff. I pick the stuff that we're gonna do and we pick the stuff that we're interested in and how far we go. And I know my kids' limits and I'm not 
<clears throat> taking direction from anyone else and taking direction from myself and my kids and what I want them to learn. And so I think there's a really big difference between the two. Definitely, when you put it that way. Is there a curriculum standard that you have to follow though? I mean, are there certain tests they'll have to take at certain you know, benchmarks or whatever, as we call them in public school? Like how, does, how do you fit into that mold, so to speak? Um, each state is different and you need to know your state's laws. So my brother had toyed around with the idea of homeschooling his kindergartner because they live in Baltimore County in Maryland and they're not interested in her being in the Baltimore County school. And so we looked at it to see what the laws are and the laws in Maryland are really different. Um, and so you basically need to know your state's laws. That That's number one is to know what you're legally allowed to do. Um, some states require that you use the state curriculum to teach at home and supplement with whatever you want. And you have to have a certain test. In North Carolina, they just have to be tested. There's no specific test. But I feel as a responsible homeschool parent, you should want to home to test your child every year to see where they are and see where their gaps are. There's a lot of really good tests out there. There's this test um, that we use a test called the Woodcock Johnson. It's like the worst name for a test ever, right? So it's like <laughs> Johnson. Don't tell them about that at homeschool tomorrow. <laughs> There's a, there's one and it's done with another, I pay somebody to proctor my kids. Cause I mean, I do everything. Can somebody else just please do something? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I pay someone to do it. And, um, once a year they get tested and I like the test because it goes until they can't go anymore. And last year, Jonah was finishing up second grade. So everything should have been on the third grade level. And he tested fifth grade for math word problems. And Riley tested like seventh grade for reading and spelling and on grade for math. And so I like seeing where their gaps wow. are. Like I don't, I don't necessarily care that they've reached a certain level on the national standard, I guess, but I want to see, okay, Riley's really strong in reading. That's my oldest. And Jonah uh, my second is really strong in math. So Jonah and I need to work on reading comprehension and grammar and Riley and I need to really hit the math this year and, and not be, not be slack in that. And so we do the testing and I think it's responsible, but it really depends on your state. Um, what kind of testing is required in North Carolina, you have to keep an immunization record, the state or a once a year test and file your intent. And I don't even know a single person that's ever been audited. They do these random audits. They'll send you a letter saying, come to the library, bring your records, you show your records and then they just dismiss you. Like it's not, huh. it's not a big deal in North Carolina. It's the second biggest homeschool state in the country. Uh, wow. well, last year it was. So the curriculum is like, uh, when I say I lesson plan, Tina, I don't sit down and like plan out what we're going to do every day. Like, it's really hard to take that from your brain. Like you have a checklist, right? For your kids. I don't, I don't do that. I have a science book and I just flip to the next lesson. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we have a math curriculum that has a teacher's guide that's scripted and I just flip to the next section, like okay. our grammar curriculum, you know, so it's not like I'm sitting down, like mapping out there's so many resources out there to help people now that you can buy curriculum and a teacher's right. guide and and no i'm not a, a trained teacher but it's geared towards homeschool families to be able to teach their children mm -hmm. so we use classical conversations um and that's a classical oh i say classical con conversions my bad <laughs> classical conversations so yes, that's classical. is that the curriculum but also it's a company in itself? It's a homeschool company. Okay. okay. It's a community. Um, so what Classical Conversations does, it's been around for 20 years, is um, they equip parents 
to teach their children at home in a classical method, in a classical way. So in a classical method, I'm not talking about institutionalization, segmented subjects. Um, as, like I feel like when I was in school, in public school, it was we have science class, math class, you know, English class. Classical conversations helps kids to see the connections between mm -hmm. all those subjects, which is huge. Like I didn't know how much geography influenced history until you mm -hmm. started looking at the geography and realizing <laughs> what a big deal it is. Um, so classical conversations, the person who found its name is Lee Bortons, and she wrote a book called The Core. Um, and she has a, a book for each age level. And so in the course, she really goes into public school and, and how um, some of the public school um, setup has failed our children. The book is cheap. It's also, it's maybe like $10. It's not something you can sit down and read in one time. You gotta like read a chapter and like absorb it <laughs> and then read mm -hmm. a chapter and absorb it. But um, when we talk about the classical method, what we're talking about is a Socratic method of learning. So this is how all of the great thinkers have always learned. We're talking Isaac Newton, Thomas Jefferson, all of these great thinkers learned in the Socratic method. And, and the Socratic method is, is when you ask a question, you answer the question, but it leads to more questions. We are teaching our children um, how to teach themselves, find their own truth and find their own answers. And so um, we're teaching, one of the big things that they say at CC that I love is teaching how to think, not what to think. Like I don't want sheep, I don't want children that are in school following whatever the government is feeding them. I want them to look at Christopher Columbus and say, actually, he was a murderer. <laughs> actually, he's not a great guy. Actually, he like conquered a land, but he wasn't a good person. Um, and so I want them to have that um, critical thinking or that abstract thinking about what they're looking at. And today, even today, um, we've been talking about apartheid this week was our, our grammar for this week. And we were out and this lady was like, oh, my grass, I need to cut my grass. And and I said, do you want us to help you? Like my husband will come over and cut your grass. It's not a big deal. It'll take five minutes, little town. And she's like, oh no, it's fine. My son's coming over, blah, blah, blah. And Riley goes, we're walking away. And she goes, I just think it's so great that black people don't hate white people for all the horrible things they did to them. And I was like, wow. I know, like, because we had been talking about racism and apartheid. Right. And so I was like, well, they realized that not all white people did those things. Like it's not really our fault that they did the things that they did to their ancestors. And so yeah. a lot of people recognize that and some people don't, but it just mm -hmm. that coming out of her mouth was yeah. huge because she's like getting into that dialectic stage at that age. They want that pole parrot stage. They want to hear the same song, the same movie, the same book over and over and over and over again. Right. So what we do at CC is we do, um, the trivium. So what that means is we have a grammar stage. So when I say new grammar, I mean, it's like new information. So what we do is we take that pole parrot stage at age four and we load them with information and little snippets of memory work. So Jonah can tell you all three laws of motion. He doesn't know what it means, but he can tell you the laws of motion. They can tell you things that happen in history. Um, we cover seven subjects of memory, memory work over 24 weeks. And so we take all of this, we take advantage of their brains being programmed that way. Mm -hmm. So then Riley, we loaded her with some grammar, some, some information about racism and about apartheid and about, um, about history. And she dialectically took it and we hit that dialectic stage where we start putting the pieces together around age 
nine to 12, we're in a, what we call the dialectic stage where we're taking and we're piecing all these things together and saying, oh, this happened because of this. And they start to make connections. When we get to the rhetoric stage in, in high school, um, it's, it's defending your position. It's writing a persuasive mm. paper. It's having apologetics, being able to defend your faith. And so um, I just really love how we are going in line with the child's brain from this pole parrot mm. stage of loading this memorization to this dialectic, to the rhetoric. And everybody learns this way. So think about when you're trying to project, when let's say I want to refinish a piece of furniture, mm -hmm. refinish a piece of furniture. What do you do? You Pinterest it, you Google it, you read the instructions, you ask your friends, and then what do you do? You do. So that's your grammar stage. Then you refinish the furniture. That's your dialectic. You're putting all the pieces together and you're doing what you've read and you're taking from here and here and here and figuring it out. Then the rhetoric stage is you are doing tutorial on it and teaching someone else. Mm. Right? So that's kind oh, I got of the goosies. what we're doing. Very cool analogy. <laughs> um, yeah. And so they start, they do this grammar stage up till age 12, the dialectic nine to 12, we start doing um, an English class in the afternoons called essentials and institutes for excellence in writing. And then um, we do their curriculum. And then when they get a challenge, a Tina, the kids in seventh grade, draw a world map from memory. Countries, wow, I couldn't do that now. Rivers, oceans, they learn throughout the year cartography to draw a world map from memory. So they know where every country is when they're learning about all of this stuff going on in the world. It is amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> it's so, so good. And so um, the biggest asset for CC is that we have this community day. And so homeschooling can be really lonely, right? Like I didn't, um, I didn't really address that before our technical difficulties, but you're at home all day alone with your kids sometimes. Yeah, you do field trips and stuff like that. But the community part is just so good for moms and for the kids. So on community day, you've got um, a class of eight students per class and you have a tutor. It's not a teacher. We're not trained teachers. We don't claim to be. We're tutors equipping parents. And so we are on community day loading new grammar. So we're doing 30 minutes of the new memory work, the seven pieces of memory work. We cover seven subjects. And do um, you, and then do you do, guys work directly with the kids during that time? So the parents are in the room okay. um, with their child. Now, some parents are tutors. I was a director and a um, tutor one year. Well, I was a tutor all the years, I, the first three years. Then I was a director of the community, like organizing the classes and the science experiments and the art projects. So I was a director and tutor and had a brand new baby. And then uh, this past year, I was a director and got the promotion to being a support representative to being, I always feel like office space when I say this, I'm over the directors now. Like, <laughs> I have people under me now. <laughs> yeah. And so, um, so I kind of got a little promotion. So I get to train the directors, which I love because I just love empowering moms and empowering parents because we have dads in our community too. My husband does school with the kids when he's off. And so I just love empowering moms um, and empowering families. I feel like you can do this. Like you are equipped. You are enough for your child. Um, so on community day, we have new grammar, science, art, and then we do presentations. And um, presentations is like, I mean, I was nervous doing this today and I can't even imagine like getting in front of hundreds of people, right? And talking. 
And so presentations, we take those four-year-olds all the way up to age 12 and they become an authority on a subject and they stand in front of their peers and they say, oh, wow. hi, my name is Riley. And I'm going to tell you about Michael Faraday, who was actually a really famous scientist. And so um, they start with their Snuggie they got for Christmas and they progress to doing memory work. So they, they take a subject that we're loading the new grammar on and, and the mom at home takes a subject and explodes it. Right. And so she like helps them come up with their presentation. Well, then um, the afternoon portion is for ages nine to 12 and it's called essentials. Um, and so it's essentials of the English language. There's a math portion and then there's institutes for excellence in writing allows us to use their writing curriculum. We're trained by them. We have to watch videos every year to be trained, whether no matter how many years you've done it, you have to watch the videos. And so um, we're trying to teach our kids how to write. Tina, my kid wrote a three page paper this year on Eleanor of Aquitaine. She just is finishing fifth grade five sentences of just pure garbage to a three page <laughs> paper with dress ups and LY adverbs and sentence openers was just amazing. And so yeah. um, I just, uh, and so when they get to challenge A, which is seventh grade and they're um, sort of doing a more rigorous, pro it's a rigorous program in challenge A, it does get really, really hectic. Um, she's like ready with these tools to write and write persuasively and to, to make an outline of a paper and write, you know. Um, and so I, that's what we do on community day. It's once a week for 24 weeks, 12 in the fall and 12 in the, in the spring. Once a week for 24 weeks. Oh, okay. So it is often. Yeah. Okay. So, and it's, um, it goes in cycles. So cycle one, Two. We did cycle two this year, and next year we'll do cycle three, and each cycle has different focuses. Next year it'll be U.S. history and U.S. geography. The human body is the science, um, and so then we repeat back at cycle one, because that's our thing is repetition, right? So it doesn't mm -hmm. matter when you start CC. You can pull your kid from school and start them at age nine, get your three years. You can pull your kid and put them right in challenge. There's lots of uh, foundations was created way after challenge was written and so you can just pull your kid and kind of put them in the program whenever and kids are very adaptable and they do really well but um you go through the cycle each time so our first time through we just kind of drill the memory work and this time we've taken that memory work and i call i tell my parents it's a skeleton right so we have a skeleton okay there's a lot of weeks that our skeleton's got no meat on it but there's other weeks when we stick a lot of meat on our skeleton. We learn, we watched Nelson Mandela, went about, um, you know, the, the apartheid ending and stuff like that. And so there's some weeks that we do a lot, but it doesn't matter because as long as they have that foundation, they're going to be fine. This is an education for me right now. Now <laughs> you reclaim your education. You also work. We've got mm -hmm. single moms that are going to listen to this. Um, some dads out there as well, but single parents, um, parents with a partner deployed who sometimes consider themselves single parents, you know, it's, you know, working parents, is it even possible to do that? Like, do you work nights? How does this work? So I, I think that each family is really unique and different, of course. Um, we actually have a lot of military families that do CC and there's always a big CC, uh, focus, like especially down here in um, Jacksonville, North Carolina, there's a big community. Mm -hmm. Every single CC person, every single child is doing the same cycle at the same time all over the world. There's over 100,000 students enrolled. And so wow. um, you just find a CC community near you and you just drop right in and you're doing everything that everybody else is doing. 
it's the same. It's the same cycle, the same science experiments. It's a huge sacrifice of your personal time. I am mm -hmm. never, literally never alone ever because my husband works from home. Mm. So there's always someone here, no matter what's happening. <laughs> so it does take a lot of discipline because it's hard to do school today. It was beautiful outside. We didn't start school till 10 because it was beautiful. Mm -hmm. It does take a lot of discipline and it does take a lot of sacrifice. Um, and I'm lucky that I do, I work weeknights and um, we get a weekend night shift if. And so I work every other weekend. Um, and so I just had my weekend off. So I'll work this coming weekend. Um, and I work just enough to pay my bills. Um, mm -hmm. There is a lot of single parents. I have a single parent right now um, in my community. She's awesome. A nanny. And she um, works at home doing, she agree, but she um, uh, works at home keeping kids. And um, she also is a travel agent and she's, she's very diversified. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, there are people that have found ways to balance, but sometimes that comes with a career sacrifice, right? Yeah, okay. Or it comes with, oh, so for me, it was a nursing career halting or slowing. When Riley was five, I was sort of, I felt sort of at an impasse. Like I could go down this road of my nursing career and kind of move towards leadership and management. Um, I was really interested in educating. I love to educate. Um, and so obviously, and, right. <laughs> and so um, I felt I was at a, a fork in the road, you know, I, I could go either way and it was homeschooling because I wouldn't look at my life and say, wow, I wish I would have worked more. I will look at my life and say, I wish I would have been with my kids more and I wish I would have homeschooled them so they wouldn't have to deal with X, Y, Z or I wish, I, you know, and so it's possible, but you have to be willing where there's a will, there's a way. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, there's a lot of people that feel so driven to do it. I mean, they downsize their home. They mm -hmm. go to one income. Um, and a lot of people say it's impossible. And maybe for them it is. But mm -hmm. um, for us, it was me working weekends and giving, sacrificing weekend time to have that time during the week to do, mm. um, to do homeschooling. And so it's not for everybody. I'm I, glad you're I hate honest when about I hear, that. It's, it's not. It's... Um, <clears throat> I always, somebody said to me one day, and I don't know who it was, I wish I could quote them. They said, CC is not for every parent, but it's for every child because it, it is going along with their brain and children naturally just kind of want to be with their parents. They want to be with their friends, but they want to feel secure um, and they want to be with their family. And so there are times when we just, you know, there are days, I'm telling you, I just like lay in my bed, like, why can't I just put them on the bus right now? Yeah. Like, I just could like do so many things with my time. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, so it, it is hard and I have bad days and, you know, we have bad days, but um, it requires a lot of sacrifice. And I hate when people think that they are not equipped to educate your child. Don't tell me that you can't do it because you're not smart enough because you are. Um, if you really wanted to homeschool, like you could do it. You could. It's doable. It's just hard. <laughs> yeah. It's not easy. Now, and the rewards are so far. The yeah. rewards are far away. My rewards for this are mm -hmm. years away. So. Yeah, that's true. My husband and I are entrepreneurs and you have to want to be an entrepreneur. That's not for everybody yeah. either. I mean, you, <laughs> you have to defer a lot of immediate gratification to be an entrepreneur and take a lot of risks and so the way I look at this is the way I look at being an entrepreneur. You have to be either crazy for the entrepreneur part or have such a strong why 
But for homeschooling, from what you've told me so far, I would think, I don't want my kid to fit into this mold of I'm just going to be this employee who follows a system or because maybe they move a lot. I could see why it's beneficial to military families. It's a classical Christian community. You know, and you ask any kid, what is CC's mission to know God and make him known? We were getting into the big why. I think anybody, when they think about their kids, you think about their future. Like, what do you want for your kids? Okay, for some people, it's really important for their kid to have to go to college and be educated, okay? So I'll bring out my little stats here. CC kids score on average 100 points higher than other kids in the U.S. on their SATs, and their ACT scores, I'm just saying my little graph, they're all higher. This is all on the website. You want your kid to go to college, there are more, more students that are homeschooled. I was reading a study the other day, and it was 10 years ago, but in Canada, it was something like 30% more homeschool students were able to go to the college of their choice and the career of their choice than, than the general public, than generally educated students. Mm -hmm. And so if you want your kid to go to college and be educated and have a career doing something that requires an education, like a nurse or a doctor, um, homeschooling is still going to provide that. Homeschool students are sought out because of their independence and able to, ability to teach themselves. So for us, um, we just, it's important to us that our, our kids know the Lord and that they know um, Jesus is their savior and that they have the apologetics to back it up. When they start questioning things, what, that they have an answer when people question them. And so CC equips them with that um, and it equips parents to answer those questions. So for us, our big why is we wanted them to have a Christ-centered education. Our goal for our family is not that our kids go to college. I, I kind of feel like there's a big shift. Mm, um, there is. There's a huge shift. College is not the answer. So my goal for my kids is I want them to be like a good spouse and a good father and a good citizen, right? So are my kids learning how to budget? Um, are they learning how to coupon? Do they know how to empty the dishwasher and load it or wash a dish or do laundry? And so because teaching them how to be a productive member of society, the challenges are all discussion all day. It's an all day for per subject. And so they talk about that. They talk about your lust-filled eyes, like what, what are you looking for when you're dating? So at age 14, we're saying, what are you looking for in a person, in a mate? Like stop and think about it for a second. And so I just really want somebody speaking that wisdom to my kids when they're not hearing me anymore <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> to say, hey, what are you looking for when you, when you are um, looking for a spouse? So anyway, I just, I, really, I just really love that. And so that's my big why. Um, well, what are my kids going to be when they grow up and what kind of person do I want them to be? And I want them to be a Christian that can defend their faith and be a contributing member of society. That's my goal. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I can do that better than sending them to school for eight hours a day, five days a week. Just for argument's sake, are there, are there resources or other type of homeschool communities that you know of um, that aren't Christian based for people who don't necessarily want to put, you know, that idea uh, and I'm not saying I agree or disagree with it, but I know a lot of people are going to ask that, you know, well, I don't know that I... You can just look everywhere and there are co-ops everywhere. There are people doing classes and having, um, 
you know, you drop your kid off for the day and they take certain classes for six weeks at a time. So there are co-ops, homeschool co-ops. Um, there's around Greenville, North Carolina, there's nature co-op. Um, there's, there's all different kinds of things. You can sign your kid up for classes. There's so, we to go to a homeschool gym class. So every other week I drop my kids off for an hour and a half and they learn how to play different sports, you know? Mm. And so um, there's so many resources out there and there's a lot of people. There are a lot of people that I know that are not Christians and they are homeschooling for all of kind of the same reasons, you know, not, not the religious reasons. They are doing the well-trained mind because it's so classical. There are so many options out there. I CC because a friend of mine does it with her kids that are slightly older than me. And I was like, I want to do what she's doing. And so that's mostly how most people get into CC. I want to do <laughs> Yeah. I like that. I'll have what she's having. So but yeah, there's, totally. there's a lot. Now, what about the socialization? So you did kind of transition that with, I guess, for some specials, because I was like, oh, I don't know how to teach perspectives of art. And I don't know how to play basketball. I don't know the rules. And um, so there's that question, like, what about all these little extracurricular stuff? And then what about the socialization? So extracurricular, um, the public schools are required, especially the high schools, they're required to allow homeschoolers to participate in their sports and try so. out for their sports and be a part of it. Um, and so you can get your sports that way. You can get, you can give your child gym credits for signing up for different things. Um, one of the people, we had a crochet class at our library and somebody signed their you know, freshman high schooler up for crochet as art and the librarian signed off on the, the elective or whatever. And she got graded on her crochet by her mom or whatever. And so there's so many ways to diversify and figure out is you just, A, have to be creative and just want to do it and just have an open mind. Our kids do jujitsu. Pick your 10 closest people. How many of them are your exact age that you would have graduated school with? None. None. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So why am I going to put my kids in a class with 30 other kids that are their exact age, mm -hmm. right? And so my daughter's best friend, she's almost 11, is a seven-year-old that lives down the street and together all the time. And a lot of people argue that homeschool kids mature slower, but I say it's because they're not forced to mature. And she walks around town with her fur-lined cloak because she just it. thinks it's amazing. You could live in the homeschool stereotype right now. And so <laughs> she, um, <laughs> and so um, there's just, it, I, I feel like that socialization question is such an eye roll for so many homeschool parents because mm -hmm. how are you getting socialization now? There's plenty of people that work from home that don't see people more than once a week and they're not forced into a classroom with 30 other people they don't even like mm -hmm. <laughs> to sit yeah. with them for eight hours a day, five days a week and get stuff stolen. Or, you know, I don't, I'm not saying the public school system is bad, but I'm saying that I feel like as an argument, I feel like it's, it's way lower. And I feel like we're in the age of technology and we're in the age of, of um, being able to expand and homeschooling is becoming more accepting. And so before mm -hmm. it was like, oh, these kids are so weird, they're homeschooled. Right. And now totally. people just kind of take it in stride when we're out in public. They're like, why aren't you in school today? I'm like, well, yeah. we're, we're actually doing school right now. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so whenever we go to the park, I'm like, we're on our socialization field trips. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, I, my kids can play with kids of any age and they do. They're not, my daughter doesn't go somewhere and say, there's no other 10 year olds here. I'm not playing with them. Right. Um, she's happy to play with everybody. And so there's plenty of ways to do it. The community is the way to do it, but it's not something that was ever like a big concern. Turn off for you. Yeah. Okay.
Incredible life experience, fresh perspective. I'll ask the questions.